just let me uh, preface right at the very start today that um, uh, we're still in our Still Standing series. And of course, Still Standing is, is uh, we're talking into spiritual warfare and different things. And the Bible is very clear, Ephesians chapter 6, that our, our battle is not against each other. It's not against humans, it's against powers and principalities and spiritual beings in this world. And, um, and that's where the battle is. And I want to address some of that directly this morning. And as part of addressing it, I'm aware, and I want to give you a little bit of a heads up, that I'm, I'm going to touch on some sensitive issues, okay? I'm going to touch on some issues that um, possibly have impacted your life and have been difficult. Um, but I, I want to go there anyway. And, and I want us to go there anyway because sometimes we just need to talk about those things. And we've got great people. If, if, I, if I start a process or if the Holy Spirit starts a process for you today, we've got some great people that you can talk to and I encourage you to make some past, you know, pastoral appointment if you want to. We've got great people with great tools, sozo ministry, etc., cetera, prayer ministry that can be with you. And we also have the ability to be able to refer you to different people. Uh, that helps. But, you know, I've come in today with, with great faith that, that today is a day of freedom. And that if we really embrace what God's saying today, there's a breakthrough for you. And there's a breakthrough for us um, as we allow God to do what he wants to do in this place and in this place. Have you ever driven a car with a handbrake on? Yeah. To embarrass the owner. We've all done it, eh? Hey. Yeah, yeah, driving, it, it just doesn't work, does it? It doesn't go right. You kind of take off and it feels really sluggish and if you've got a good handbrake, it just drags the back wheels normally. There are some of you in this place that like to put the handbrake on in very appropriate, inappropriate moments. I'm not talking specifically about that. That's something else that you need to repent of. But, but... You know, we've all done it. We've all made the mistake. We drive off the park brake on. But here's the deal. If you drive with the park brake or the handbrake on, it damages the vehicle. And it's not only inconvenient and slows you down and, and, and awkward, it damages the vehicle because eventually you're probably going to end up with a fire in your brakes. And you're firing your brakes and it could end up, you know, you could be in the car. So, so you don't want to drive with the park brake on. I, I was in Christchurch last weekend. Jen and I had a wonderful trip there. We, um, Jan was praying for her life as we landed because of the 200 kilometer an hour gusts of wind. I was praying too, but I was praying that I didn't vomit because it was getting pretty hairy. You know when your temperature changes, you feel that waxy feel come over you and it's terrible? I was right in that zone. And, um, and, and I could see Jan's lips going flat out next door. She was praying for the salvation of everyone on the plane and safety. I really didn't care about them. It was just my lunch I was worried about. And... Um, <clears throat> And, and then we sat on the tarmac for two hours, would you believe, before they let us off because it was too windy to get out of the plane. Anyway, I was in Christchurch and I was driving a car I wasn't familiar with and it was late at night and I was in the country, it was pitch black and I could not work out how to use the part brake on this car. It didn't matter what I did. I mean, I know cars reasonably well, but I couldn't work out how to turn it on, turn it off or any other thing. And it was just frustrating. So the next day, I just put it in park and hoped that it wouldn't run away good chance in Canterbury, it's flat, so good chance it'll still be there in the morning, but I said to, the, to, to Josh who owned the car the next morning, I said, how do you use the park brake in this car, it's terrible, and he goes, oh, just like this, 
was like, oh, it was so embarrassing. It was so simple that it was embarrassing. Well, I, I actually think this message may be a bit like that for some of us today. It might be stuff we've been carrying around, some baggage and stuff perhaps. And when you, when you allow, allow God to minister to, to us today, it's going to be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. It was so simple. It was so simple. And that's my prayer for us all. I want us to go to Ephesians, please, chapter 4 from verse 17. I was just going to read a couple of verses and then I thought, no, I'm going to read all of this. It's quite a long passage of scripture, but that's where the power is. Hey, the word of God, that's where the power is. So we're not going to rush across it. And uh, we're going to read from 417 to 520. I think it's on the, thank you, Mia. She's sharp as a tack, isn't she? Look at that. Good to go. Good to go. How about giving Mia a big thank you out the back there? Here we go. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as Gentiles, or let's put the word in there today, unbelievers do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned about the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on new your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Don't uh, let us tell our neighbours the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. I've seen stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all those who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now 
you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Powerful, eh? What a powerful passage. Oops, something's gone wrong and I can't get back to my notes. Oh, it's because I'm pressing the wrong button. Ephesians chapter 4, 27 is the verse I want us to hone in there because it says, um, don't you know, sort your anger out because, and don't go to bed or don't end the day angry. It says, for anger gives a foothold to the devil, which is good. But it kind of does, it, it makes that statement in relation to anger. I like the way the NIV puts it because it says, don't, don't go to bed or sleep on your anger. And then it says, and do not give the devil a foothold. It's a separate statement. And. Do not give the devil a foothold. The word there is, is opportunity. Do not give the devil an opportunity. The Greek word is topos, which literally means a place you have allowed. Do not give the devil a place you have allowed. It's, it's more than just going to be angry. It's do not give the devil a place that you have allowed in your life. It's quite significant. Sometimes those places... We've opened doors and we've allowed the devil in. Other times it's not been voluntary on our behalf. Other times it's been because something of the, of the environment or something that's happened has opened a door and allowed a place for the devil, but we haven't voluntarily given it to him. But this is where we need to understand again and again that our fight is not against each other or people. It's against powers and principalities and spirits of this world that will take advantage of any situation to get through any door that's been opened, whether we open it voluntarily or not. Sometimes an open door is simply not your choosing. Got to get that. If anyone walks out of here today and we're at home and and you're feeling shame and guilt and and, and that's the feeling you leave with. I've done a really poor job because you need to understand that, that sometimes it is your choice. Sometimes we open the doors and we just walk in there and we've got to face the consequences. But other times, something has happened that has opened a door in the spiritual realm which has allowed the devil to have a crack and it wasn't our doing. But we can resolve it, okay? We can resolve it. It's, um, I'm not necessarily talking about demon possession, but I could be. I'm talking about oppression as well. So demon, the word there is daemon, literally means bodiless spirits. It's what it talks about in Ephesians chapter 6. Possession is when you're under the power of, you don't have control of, could be living in you or it's attached to you. 
the Spirit. It can literally take over your behavior. You might be sitting there this morning and, and you might go, oh, I, I, I get that because sometimes I just, it's just like there's another person living in me. That could be this, what it's talking about. But there is also oppression, which means coming under the influence of. It's like pressing your buttons. And you go, oh, well, this is very good. It's like a fairy tale. No, no, this is what the scriptures tell us we are dealing with. You and I are spiritual beings that live in a physical body. And we're dealing in the realm of spiritual things as well as natural things. And we cannot be naive to them. The truth is there is people suffering all over the place, including in church, who are suffering because of the devil, who are suffering because of evil spirits, either in, attached to, or oppressing you, others, in your life and you just can't break free of it you're wondering what the heck is going on but the thing is it's a spiritual issue that requires a spiritual solution that's what I want to talk about so my purpose is very simple it's to shine a light in a dark place this morning okay good I know you're all quiet it's quite a heavy subject day but it's okay it's going to be good for us so we're looking at still standing we've been looking at it for several weeks and it's clear that God's expectation and God's desire is that we stand firm He doesn't want any of us to be taken out. But ignorance will have us taken out. And lack of action and faith will have us taken out. But he's going, no, no, I want you to be, I want you to understand. I want you to know and I want you to live free because he who Christ sets free is free indeed. That's right. And that's how he wants us to live. So he's given us knowledge. He's given us truth. Jesus is the truth. He's given us weapons of our warfare, the spiritual armor, the weapons, and he's given us power so that we can live free. We don't have to live under. We can come from above and we can live free. Therefore, as I said, my purpose, as Jesus' purpose is, is that we will all stand. So there's some reasons this morning that you may like to take special note. And as I go through a bit of a list, you might go, oh, yeah, that rings a bell. Uh, Some of the following uh, the list as I go through, you might go, yeah, that really is impacting my life and I've tried everything. So, We've got great services and that were available. We've got, we've got wonderful doctors. We've got wonderful social uh, care and all these kind of things that have helped us. But you might have spent ages and, and, and with all the professionals and for whatever reason, you just have not got the breakthrough. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it's spiritual. And I pray for discernment for you this morning and for all of us that we would hear God and we'd hear God for ourselves on what it is that may be impacting our lives. It may not be spiritual. Let's not go looking under every rock for a demon. But at the same time, let's not ignore the fact that they're real and that they want to impact your life and my life. And the devil has one agenda, kill, steal, and destroy. Why? I'm a nice person. Why does he want to do that? Because you're created in God's image. That's why. And you've made it worse if you're a believer. Because not only are you created in God's image, you are in relationship with the Creator. You're just riling the devil up. And our battle is there. So here's a list of um, seven or eight areas. And I'll just I'll list them. I'll put them under titles. And, and, and listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. And again, don't go and jump to great extremes. But Say, Lord, is this why I can't get breakthrough there if it refers to you? The first one is emotional problems. Maybe you've just got 
constant confusion. Could be a spirit of confusion just picking at you. Or it might not be, but it could be. Maybe loneliness, for whatever reason. There's no, there's no rhyme nor reason, but you're just lonely and it won't go away. You've tried everything. What about feeling unloved? Doesn't matter what you do, you just feel unloved. Ongoing sadness. Sad things happen, but ongoing sadness is not normal. Ongoing sorrow and grief. You know, you've got to work through these things, but ongoing, it's not, it's not normal. Insomnia and restlessness. Second one would be mental problems or issues. Fear and anxiety just grips you for no apparent reason. Confusing thoughts. Maybe heaviness of mind. You just feel, I've experienced that from time to time. You just feel this great weight. It's almost like on your mind, doesn't matter what you do, it just feels heavy and like it's on top of you. Feelings of paranoia. Hearing voices. Making no sense in your thinking or your actions. Number three, speech problems. Constant negative talk, whether it's to other people or to yourself. It's just constantly negative. doesn't matter what you do, what help you've had, what counsel you've had. It just keeps happening, constantly negative. Maybe uncontrollable swearing or cursing. It's just like it erupts out of you like, my goodness, who was that person? Consistently using the Lord's name in vain. Cursing people or things. Filthy and rude talk, joking. It just seems to keep coming out of you. Maybe you're continually argumentative, even though you don't want to be. Number four, sexual issues, fornication, that's sex outside of marriage. It doesn't matter how hard you try, or it just kind of keeps happening. Well, it never just happens, does it? But you know what I mean. Maybe you're absolutely consumed with sexual desire. It just won't go away. I remember once someone said to me, and I don't know how it is for women, but I can understand men, that, you know, next, next to breathing, that's the next thing. <laughs> but even that has boundaries where it's unhealthy. Maybe you're consumed with sexual desire. Maybe adultery is a pattern. Homosexual tendencies, addictions, pornography. Perverted desires like pedophilia, gender confusion, all of these things can be symptoms of a spiritual battle going on. Number five, physical infirmities. Weakness, you just feel weak all the time. You've got no strength whatsoever, physically. Some diseases, you know, some diseases, Jesus came across them, he just cast the spirit of infirmity out and the disease was gone. Reoccurring illness. Doesn't matter what you do, what help you get, just keeps coming back and back and back. Undiagnosed sickness or symptoms without a cause. Just keep, what the heck's going on? We tried everything. Maybe they're spiritual. Some would say rashes that come and go without any explanation could be a sign of spiritual interference as well. Number six, addictions to alcohol, to smoking, vaping, drugs, sex, gluttony, gambling, gaming could all be spiritual and number seven I've called that religious era like you just can't believe God you you want to but there's just something in your 
brain or what it just won't let you believe God or sometimes you feel feelings of hatred come up toward Jesus baby total unbelief of the Bible a desire for the occult and for witchcraft just just kind of want to go there maybe a fascination and experiencing of paranormal experiences these things could all be symptoms of a spiritual battle going on in your world. Now, they may not be. There may be a logical answer for some of them that you're dealing with, and that's what I'm saying. We need to have discernment. Not everything is spiritual. We're living in a broken world. But if you, if you can't get victory over these things and you've tried, it could well be a spiritual thing. Maybe there is a logical reason and diagnosis, which is great, but maybe it is a spiritual thing. What happens with a lot of these things is they're a place, they become a place where we've allowed the devil space. In other words, an open door. We've allowed the devil space. And as I said at the start, in some cases, this was not voluntary. Okay, in some places, this is something that's happened and it's been impacted or inflicted on us. We've been exposed to demonic activity and we haven't known. You know, you might have been at school as, as a teenager or as a kid and someone had the bright idea, oh, let, let's do a seance thing and play with Ouija boards and all these things. You thought, ha that'll be fun. <laughs> Actually, what you just did was open a spiritual door wide open, whether you realised it or not. And the devil is just going to take advantage of that because, you see, the devil... He's a mongrel. Don't know how else to say it. He's a mongrel. He's an opportunist. You don't have to invite. You just got to crack the door open. Because his whole goal is to kill, steal, and destroy you. He wants to wreck your life and everybody else's. That's his agenda. He doesn't need a big invitation to do it. He just needs a crack way in the doorway to get in there and make that happen. And often we offer the open door, but sometimes. The door's open without our knowledge, or it's open. But the devil, John 10.10, wants to kill, steal, and destroy. 1 Peter 5.8 says, So stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. It's a powerful picture. I like some of those nature programs sometimes. I've noticed that when the lion gets the animal, it's normally the one that got away from the herd or the group that it gets because it gets vulnerable. If you need a good reason to, to, um, to, to really embed the habit of meeting together regularly, there's a reason right there. Don't get out by yourself. You just make yourself vulnerable. But, but being, I've noticed that the devil, he, he just doesn't play fear. And again, naivety. You know, that poor little deer doesn't turn around to the lion and go, that wasn't fair, I didn't know you were there, as it's been eaten. <laughs> hey, oh, that's not fair that you got me. I didn't know I had to stay with the herd. No, no, the lion wants it, it just takes it. That's how it works. So I'm really laboring the start today because I want us to be on guard and understand that none of us are immune to the schemes of the devil. None of us. You start to think you've got it all together and you're totally immune and it's not a problem, that's called pride. You've got to be on guard all the time. 
And Jesus is more than able to protect us, watch over us, the Holy Spirit's in us, but let's just not get too familiar. And whatever doorways you may have opened, whether you've opened them, whether they've been opened, they need to be closed. That's the bottom line. We've got to close the right doors, and we can do that, and we'll do that toward the end. We've got to confess, we've got to renounce, we've got to repent, and we've got to open the right doors. There are some doors that should be open. Psalm 27, open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the King of Glory in. That is a gate you want open. That is a door you want open. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up those ancient gates. Open up those ancient doors and let the King of Glory enter. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of Glory those gates you want open so let's have a look at some doors eh? we're going to identify them then we'll close them like I said at the end and if any of these doors are factors I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will identify them to you that he will show you if you're wrestling in any of these areas, I'm praying that, that you, you just get spiritual ears and eyes to hear at the moment because I've been praying and preparing and my belief is that you can, we can all leave this place freer than we came in. You know? Sometimes I think we, we, we can get a little bit um, spiritual and judgy about these kind of things. But at the end of the day, if you've got a car and you drive it on the road, from time to time it needs maintenance. You know, from time to time you hit a pothole or you break something or you get a de- I just see life the same way. From time to time, just journeying through life, stuff happens. And, and we can make it happen and sometimes it just happens. And, and you, get, you, you can get a, a Klingon. That's what I call them, Klingons. I think it was off an old sci-fi program, eh? Was it Battlestar Galactica or Star Trek or something? Someone told me. Klingon. These things, these, these things cling on. They just want to cling on in the spirit. Well, I'm not going to have it. They're not going to cling on to me. The first thing I ever do when I get on a missions trip to come home, I sit on the airplane and I go, right, oh Lord, please get rid of all the cling-ons that may have been in this place. In Jesus' name, I want to go home free, not take anything that's of this land or this people or anything else with me. I want to be free. So here we go, open doors. Ready? You're scared, eh? You're all too scared to answer me. <laughs> Great. Okay, the first one, first open door, family background. Again, this, this list isn't comprehensive, it's not exhaustive, but, but it'll give you an idea. The first door is family background. Your family may have been involved in the occult, in false religions. So they might have been involved in all sorts of things that you don't know about and open doors that you've, you've just picked up stuff as you've come in naively. Particularly the occult. Every culture on the planet has good and every culture on the planet has bad. Maybe you've picked up some cultural stuff that is just of another realm, the spirit. Number two, negative prenatal influences. So this is why you're still in the womb. Maybe your parents were involved in in, in sin, just sin addictions, behaviours, outright sin, knowingly, and it's impacted you. Maybe, maybe your pregnancy 
wasn't planned and that child could be you has picked up a spirit of rejection in the womb and struggles and, and, and all their life with rejection and can't work out why you've had all the help but it just maybe it's a spiritual thing that was picked up in the womb number three abuse and this would be particularly in childhood physical emotional sexual you've not knowingly opened any of those doors but they've been opened terrible stuff trauma number four could have been involved in a really serious accident could have had a critical illness could be crime that has been committed against you could be a really messy divorce or it could be perverted observations you've been watching stuff you've seen stuff you've been exposed to stuff that is just really counter God's kingdom and it's, it's opened a door in you that the devil's made the most out of number five sinful acts or habits It's been noted that probably one of the most prolific ways evil spirits are transferred is through sex. Now the Bible says in sexual union, they are made one. They're made one. And stuff is transferred. One Corinthians six eighteen actually says that sexual sin is the only sin where we where we sin against our own bodies. Wonder what it's saying there. What are we opening ourselves to? Number six, laying of hands. Maybe um, some crazies have, have laid hands on you and and, and um, declared things over your life. Maybe it's a false religion or an occult, and they've laid hands over on you and they've they've spoken words over your life and they've committed you to something and they've they've promised something on your behalf or whatever. But they've opened inadvertently. They've opened a door for you in the spiritual realm, which has allowed the devil to have a heyday in your life number seven words words that you spoke or words that have been spoken over you by others curses that have taken root and they've again opened a door believe them we've allowed them to settle may have done that on purpose may not another one I'd add here which maybe others wouldn't giving giving not everyone or tithing which is not giving Tithing is returning to the Lord what is His. An offering is over and above tithing. I, I think tithing and giving of our finance is one of the most overt statements of whose kingdom we align to and whose lordship we submit to. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, it says very clear, they, they said, God pointed out that they were robbing Him. And when they said, well, how are we robbing you? He says, you're not bringing me your tithe. You're not bringing your tithe into the temple. And therefore, there is a curse on your finances going forward, which I think is pretty powerful. And I look in observation, and, you know, I'm in my 50s now, and so I've seen a little bit of life. And I watch some people, and they just, it doesn't matter what they do. They, they seem not to get ahead with their finances, or it just seems to slip through. It doesn't matter how much they earn or anything else. And you go, I, I wonder you get talking and you hear, oh no, we don't believe in giving or whatever or, or tithing or whatever. And I go, well, I wonder how much of this is because a curse has actually landed on your finances. 
because you're not prepared to do it God's way. It's food for thought. Now, if I, if I look at that whole list, by far, we can say that the biggest wide open door is lack of sanctification. That makes sense? Lack of sanctification, i.e. not living God's way. We live God's way, we live under God's protection. We step outside of that and we wonder what on earth is going on. But he gave us his ways for a purpose. He didn't do it just to make life tough or hard or anything else like that. No, no. He actually gave us, our, gave us some parameters for very good reason because he made us, he designed us, he knows how we need to live to succeed and to be free. Makes sense to me. I think this is also particularly, I'm, I'm talking to the West. I think this lack of sanctification is why people get free and people get set free, but people don't remain free. Because you can be set free, but then if you don't bring your life into alignment with the ways and purposes of God, you're opening yourself again. Don't get, and, and you're not going to stay free. Matthew chapter 12, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and it finds its former house swept, empty, clean, in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and they live there. And so that person is worse off than ever before. That'll be the experience of this evil generation. Because they don't live according to what God's showing us. Following Jesus, consecration to Him, obedience, freedom, are all ongoing choices. They're not a one-off decision. They're all ongoing choices. They're all ongoing disciplines. They're all ongoing commitments. And a mature disciple is one who lives in this place. Does that mean you'll never make a mistake? No. Does it mean I'll never make a mistake? No. But what it does mean is that I'm going to get back in line pretty quickly once I'm aware that I've made a mistake. I'm going to live under his covering. I'm going to live in accordance to his will. But the thing is, often we look at that and we go, oh, it's so hard, what a chore, trying to, li- trying to live according. But it's not actually. If our identity is in Christ and we realize that we're a son and a daughter of Christ, that we're of his seed, and that we're actually seated in heavenly places, we're coming from here, not from down here. I'm coming this way, we're coming this way. It becomes a privilege, not a chore. It becomes a privilege to, to, to try my best to live in a way that honors God. It becomes a privilege for me to try to do that. Will I make mistakes? Of course I'll make mistakes. Don't put me on a pedestal because I'll fall off pretty quickly. Will you make mistakes? Of course you'll make mistakes. But you just got to get up and go again and again and again. That's the journey of discipleship. One of the best ways to progress in this kind of living is Matthew chapter 7, 21. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father, obedience, will enter. On judgment day, many will say, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name. But I'll reply, I never knew you. I never knew you. Some of you are sitting there going, boy, you've given that scripture a thrashing over the last couple of months. And, and I have. But seriously, before God, I would say, Lord, have I given this a thrashing? And he's saying to me, no, keep going there. That's what I hear. 
keep going there. Because if we really get this, we would get open doors, closed doors. We'd get living a sanctified life. We'd get living a life where we are completely open to God. Every part of our world. Revelation 3.20. Look. This is Jesus speaking. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and you open the door. You know, he just said, I never knew you. Back in Matthew. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Man, I want to be known by. I want to be, I want to know, but I want to be known by. Got to have the right doors shut. We've got to have the right doors open. Right doors shut, right doors open. Simple message, really. Right doors open, right doors shut. Now, I, I believe that we need to respond to this message because we need to be free. We all need to be free. We don't need Klingons. We don't need to be trying to get through life like we've got the handbrake on. Skidding the back wheels wherever we go or feeling like everything's just under pressure and, and, and um, labouring because we've got the back wheels locked up. We need to be free. We need to be free to live the lives God's called us to live. We need to be free to be able to worship the way he's asked us to worship. We need to be free to be able to step into the authority that he's given us as sons and daughters of of the king. We just need to live free. So I'm going to ask us all, and I'm going to pray for us all at the same time. And I want to encourage you to open the door before Jesus. But I don't want you to play games this morning with them. If you you don't mean it, don't play games. You're setting yourself up for trouble. But I invite you to open the door before Jesus. And and particularly as we went through some of those lists, if he's highlighted something to you and you're going, oh, yeah, or yeah, I've got some hooks in me around these things. We need to open up before Jesus and we need to confess before him. Lord, this, you've put your finger on this and I get this. And then we need to renounce it and we need to break the power of it, send it on its way. And then we need to repent. Okay, Lord, thank you so much. I'm now walking this way. I'm going to stop those kind of behaviors and doing that because that's not according to your ways. I'm going to walk your way. And then if you make a mess, just... Repeat. Repeat. So why don't we all stand? Those who Christ has set free will be free indeed. Yeah? We'll be free indeed. We'll be free indeed. And the whole thing is he's given us the truth. His name's Jesus. He's given us the weapons. He's given us the power. You may have walked in here today feeling a bit stuck. You may have walked in here today feeling like you got the back wheels dragging, the handbrake's on. But you don't need to leave that way. Don't need to leave that way. Let's leave free. Father, we respond to you today by faith and by revelation. 
that we are your children. We're of your seed. So in Jesus' authority, we choose to come out from underneath the oppression of the devil's camp and we choose to take our position in heavenly places with you, our Lord. So we confess to you our sin, those things that you've put your your highlight on today. We confess those, our unbelief. We confess those to you. Why don't you write where you are? You do business with God. I can't do this for you. You do business with God. Whatever he showed you that you need to confess today, that you need to own, whether it's your fault, doing or not, Father, we renounce these things today in the name of Jesus. We break their power in the name of Jesus. Father, I break ungodly soul ties off every person in this place and online in Jesus' name. The power of words and curses that have been spoken, that have landed, I break their power in the name of Jesus that they no longer have any effect. Father, agreements that you've spoken about today that have been made, whether they were for us or by us, I break their power in the name of Jesus that they will no longer stand, that they will no longer have effect in the name of Jesus, that you will set your people free today in Jesus' name. When we've had alignment with the enemy's camp, we break that in the name of Jesus and we declare you are our Lord, you are our King, you are sovereign and we come under your authority and we want to do it your way. So Father, we repent and we choose to live a different way. We choose to live according to your way. We choose you in Jesus' name.